This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode of Butcher's Breakaway is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Could not be here without you. If you love the podcast, if you think it's worth a dollar a month, you should go ahead and go and donate. If you want to donate more, you get some cool surprises like stickers, t-shirts, etc. Come down the pipeline. All right, I love you all. Let's get this started. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Mets Kaplan. Mets, say hello. Ah, it's so nice being half a game better than the New York Yankees in the standings. Oh, it's tough for you. It must be tough. Being, I know. Being the I bigger know. brother, a position you've I never know. really taken before. Uh, uh, just, so it's going to be really tough for this couple. You know, David Robertson, you can thank him. I, I just want to say, I'm fucking stoked that baseball's back. Really? It's so I fun. Couldn't tell. <laughs> well, it's, it, honestly, usually, I mean, I always am excited in April because the Mets always have like false confidence and give me hope early in the season. But it's also, like, it's been a long fucking Ranger year, man. It has. This, this is for the first time ever been a really, really difficult late winter Ranger season. We've never experienced this on the podcast before. And, it's nice having a distraction, one that I care about every day. I texted someone who listens to this podcast today, and I said, it's been a long, weary Ranger season. I'm very excited to watch this Yankees team. And <laughs> as I continued to watch this Yankees team, I sat there and went, mm, Aaron Boone. We sure? uh, I love it. Four <laughs> games in and people want Aaron Boone fired. <laughs> Are we sure about Aaron Boone? Uh, I, you know, it's early. I didn't like the... It's four games, man. I didn't like the hiring when it happened. And we'll talk, we have all summer to talk baseball, and we will. Sure. Sure. Because um, we're a baseball podcast. We but, are. But we also talk about the Rangers somehow. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. This was a particularly weird week of Rangers hockey. Would you agree okay. with me or would you say it's just par for the course at this point? I would call it – it's not par for a course because we saw uh, hashtag the kids. But, again, my whole thing with rebuilds is I, 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 don't, I don't get upset when the Rangers win because as long as – so As long as the kids are playing well while the Rangers are winning, I don't think you could be angry. I'm going to disagree with you uh, because okay. this is the first week where I felt like, fucking Rangers, why are you winning so much? So, again, you and I have talked about how Hank should just take a rest, have a nice vacation. Didn't we only we only won once this week, right? We, like, to, we beat the Hurricanes. We won once, yes, but we got a point against the over uh, the, in the overtime versus the Capitals. Well, that's not my fault. The Capitals took the foot off the pedal. Well, it's not my fault that Hank is so fucking good. It's yeah, <laughs> no, but that's that's something we've talked about, and that's the gripe. Like the whole Georgiev going down. The reason why it doesn't make sense is I, here's why it doesn't make sense. Well, first of all, Hank shouldn't be playing in this fight. If Hank wants to play, you can't stop him. But at the same time, just be like Hank, relax, dude. There's no need to even risk a long term injury with Hank at this There's point. No in the season. absolute risk for this. Like I, so here's here's why my I have these qualms. I'm sure. sitting around. I guess we should say, uh, as is podcast tradition, uh, oh. it is Sunday we are recording. The first time ever recording on a Sunday? Is it? No, we've definitely recorded on a Sunday. Well, 
Okay, we've recorded on Sundays before, but half of a podcast. Like the State of the Rangers, we right. knocked some of those out before Monday. Right, never never a full podcast on Sunday. Tomorrow I'm going to the Mets game, even though I'm a Yankees fan, because I'm going to meet the NYXL, the Overwatch team. Totally nerdy thing to do. I just I want to point out the fact that we are having to record a day early because of a Met game that I'm not attending. <laughs> it's very strange. Um, Sabi always arrived at the first pitch. I'm very excited. No one cares about that. So now, here I'm looking at Tankathon on a Sunday morning. Just sitting uh-huh. here like, okay, what's up with the Rangers? Rangers it's right now, currently that. as we're recording this, have 77 points. Mm-hmm. Not, not bad. Chicago, who started a 36-year-old, uh, or had a 36-year-old accountant play goalie this week, which is a great story, uh, has 74 points. We... Not only crush the Hurricanes' hopes and dreams again, <laughs> uh, not that they had many dreams or aspirations left, but we also went to overtime against the Capitals. That yep. is the three points that we made up on Chicago, who has 74. They have a 16% chance to get into the top three, while we have an 11% chance. That 5% is crucial for me. Now, I know what you're saying. It doesn't really, you know, it's gonna, it couldn't, doesn't really matter. It could not matter. That's a big percentage. That's not nothing. I know I shouldn't be worrying over it, but I am. I don't like. I of course I want this team to win, but I want the top three draft pick more than anything else. Sure. Here's here's I guess where you can be angry. You can be angry that the Rangers are once again doing the thing the Rangers have done this entire year, where they're winning games because they're scoring just enough, and Hank is unbelievable in goal, and that that does get annoying in the sense that it would make a whole lot more sense if Henrik Lundqvist was just resting the rest of the season. The thing that wouldn't make me angry is if instead of Henrik, this was Georgiev in these games doing all this. I I the I got annoyed when Pavlik I, I I've been the one saying Pavlik has needed to play more this entire season because I didn't want to kill Henrik. And now we're at a point where I'm I'm annoyed when Pavlik plays. He's not coming back. He's on a one-year deal. And I, I don't think the Rangers quote unquote owe him anything. No, I don't think he's so proven, either. Like I saw, this. he's done enough. He's done enough work already this season. He's proven his worth. He's going to get a decent contract this off season. I don't. I personally don't think him looking good in a meaningless game against uh, whoever the fuck it is. It's not going to help his stock at all because teams are basically going to throw these next ten days out for the Rangers anyway. Exactly, because it's like, okay, well, they had the kids up. I mean, they're not going to evaluate Pavlik from this game. Like, when the Lightning absolutely annihilated the Rangers, and I can't even say that because the game was 2-1 going to third. Uh, But Pavlik let up a ton of fucking goals at the end there. And will they hold that against him? Probably not. Ryan Sproul is playing in front of him. And if Pavlik looked phenomenal for the entire third period in that game... He's not going to get a contract off that one game. He's looked solid all year. That's why he's going to get a contract not next year. Not all year, but, you know. Yeah. Right, he's looked, so- right, he's looked <laughs> solid all year. Yeah, not the first month. Um, oh, my. That's because he didn't play, Ryan. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, we had to play, I, we I had to play Hank. You're not going to do this to me. I, not, not on his day will you do this to me. I have risen to do this podcast out of my bed. It's just it's such bad English. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's, it doesn't make sense. Like, I'm not going to pass over that one. Oh, <laughs> Georgiev should just be playing. And if jo- I will say this, if Georgiev needs a day off, then fine, play Pavlik. It just it doesn't make any sense for Hank to get any more run this year. No, I, I'm totally with you. And, and to have him play two games in the week, both games where he looked, by the way, phenomenal. Like, oh, great. the Hank, whole reason the Rangers beat the great. Panthers was because of Hank. Yeah. Oh, Hank looks great. And uh, crush the Hurricanes. 
The Hurricanes come back a little bit in that game, fight really tough till the end. Ryan Sprawl scores a goal. Congratulations. Uh, let's talk, let's go quick game recap. I guess we'll do it real quick now. Uh, Capitals last Monday, you called it on last week's podcast before yeah, I don't it even happened. Anyone, I don't know why anyone watched that game. You knew, I told you what was going to happen. I saved you the time. Well, we recorded beforehand and it came out after. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a genius is really all <laughs> you, you need four to know. said 4-2. It's exactly what happened. Leas Anderson came out along with Heedle. The kids, they look good. They look like they look. They look good since they've looked good in every, they look good in every game last week. Uh, there was one game I forget. I think it was the Hurricane game where Elias Anderson's line looked just mediocre. But again, I'm not worried. He Heedle looks like he does exactly what he's doing out there. He's been really impressive to me. Um, yeah. If anyone has it again, this is a four game sample size, so not exactly enough to make a firm judgment off anything. No. But if any, if either of them have improved their stock or have um, already laid claim to a roster spot next year, it's Heedle more so than Anderson. Oh, absolutely. And I, that's not a knock on Anderson at all. It's just Heedle looks like he belongs. Heedle also looks like when he doesn't have the puck, he knows where to be. And that, that's one of the most impressive parts about him in the first place. Yeah, for sure. And he's just been firing off shots left and right. And he's been, like you said, he's been putting himself in the right position. His goal that he scored was him just being in the right position at the right time. Exactly. And there was a bunch of drama on Twitter about, oh, why didn't Hayes come celebrate with Heedle? Oh, is he trying to teach him that you shouldn't be celebrating when you're losing 5-1? No, I think Hayes was just tired. Probably high. (laughs) That was it. Hayes, yeah, well, here's the other thing. Hayes... May not have been jazzed about that goal, and Hayes may not have realized that that was Heedle's first goal. I don't think it's not Hayes' responsibility to be keenly aware aware of which player hasn't scored a goal as a New York Ranger before. Yeah, I mean, it, you probably should know, but again, he's losing. It's been a long night. They just gave up like two sets of goals in under a minute, uh, both times. I could see why he was a little of all the out things. Of all the things Kevin Hayes has to be responsible for on a nightly basis, it is not Heedle. I am not going to ding him if he didn't realize that was Philip Heedle's first career. I goal. will not either. So then we go play Capitals on Wednesday. Hank plays them tough. Somehow we were about to win. Uh, they pull the goalie. They score on Hank, uh, and then we just lose in a heartbreak in overtime. But again, I was fine with that because I want to get a higher draft pick. I'm going. Yeah, hard- I'm, I'm going full heel right now. I want to lose all three games this week. I don't care. I want to lose all. Heart- of them. Heartbreak sounds like a uh, the wrong word. Yeah, that's. I was what- I was not heartbroken to see that the Rangers lost in overtime to the Washington Capitals. No, me either. It's incredible that we're playing them that tight in the first place. Well, the Capitals. The Capitals 100% played down to us. I don't think it was so much of the Rangers necessarily elevating their ability on that night. It was just like, for example. The reason why Monday night's game was 4-2 to two is because the Capitals took the third period off. The Capitals could have won Monday night like 8 nothing if they wanted to. That's probably They just didn't true. want to. Yeah, they, they saw it as a breeze, and it sort of yeah. was. They, they realized when they were up 4 nothing that they got their two points and they didn't want to play anymore. Yeah, why hurt yourself? Yeah. There's only a couple what, did, what, what did I say? The Capitals wanted to come in, win 4-2, to two, <laughs> and leave with all their players healthy. You know what they did? They came in. They won four to two. All the players were healthy. Exactly. They're very yeah. happy. Now let's talk about the Lightning game. A seven, Whoa. a seven three performance for the New York Rangers on the other side. Yeah. Returning Ryan Miller. All right, Miller. Wow. J T. Miller, Ryan go. McDonough, and Dan Girardi. Who hmm. scores goals against the Rangers? You say. Hmm. <laughs> J T. Miller and Dan Girardi. 
And it, it was a little bit of a fuck you at the end of the game. They had McDonough and Dan Girardi out there um, manning the power play. And Dan Girardi just sits in front of the net and just puts one in. It was it was really like, oh, man, that sucks. But, did it bother you at all that Henrik didn't start that game? It did, actually. Because if that was Why? The, because that was the one game I would want Hank to start. Mm, I don't see it. Why not? What's the purpose of it? Well, like what's what? I, I get that it's the last home game of the year, but it, well, that's that's one of it. So the, the other two games, I didn't. I thought of them as sort of meaningless games. Yet Hank started, and this is a meaningless game too. But it's the return of the former captain of the Rangers. Uh, JT Miller's coming back. Dan Girardi's coming back. This is a team that holds your first round pick. Uh, you want to start the king, at least show some respect to the guys you traded, and also to the fans who were there the whole season. No, I don't see it. Okay. I don't buy it. I don't see it. See, I'm on the other way. I want to switch. I I didn't want Hank. I want I wanted Georgia to come up and start both against the Capitals and against the Hurricanes, but and then start Hank against the Lightning. Last home game of the year. Then he doesn't play again. Bye. Have a great off season. No, I just at the end of the day, it's just another game on the calendar. That's really all it is. And I understand that since the Rangers are finally in a position where. They're not going to make the playoffs, so it truly is the last time this team will play at Madison Square Garden. But who gives a shit? It's not. It's the last game of the year. It's not the last game ever played at Madison Square Garden or the last game Henrik Lundqvist is ever going to play as a New York Ranger. Don't get all emotional that this team, oh, my God, they're not going to play in the postseason. They're coming back in October. What are you, nuts? Who's going to be starting on opening night, barring an injury? Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. Like, just because you didn't see him play against a Lightning team that we all knew was going to just smoke the Rangers because it's the last game of the year, now you're just being angry for the sake of being angry. I was probably being angry for the sake of being angry. Yeah, but who it, cares? I cared because I would have liked Hank to start just in the last home game. I, not, not that he owes it to anybody. Would, would, you have been, would you have been less angry if he only played the first period? What's the difference if he plays 20 minutes and then the Rangers pull up? Oh, I would have been fine with that. I would have been Why? Totally fine what does it matter? It's just sort of the tradition or the but tradition. Okay. Who gives a shit? I, some people care, Greg. I am a big <laughs> tradition guy. I don't get angry where on the last game of the year for any other professional sports team, your best players aren't playing because one, I've seen them all year. And two, if I'm not making the playoffs, give me the kids. That's it. But like the not, reason you should not be angry is not because Henry didn't start. It should just be that Georgiev did, didn't. Yeah, like I'm, Henrik doesn't matter. If Georgiev starts that game, we're not angry. It's just because it's Pavlik, and that goes back to our original point. Right, and I guess I would have been fine if they switched again, just to say that. If Henrik played that one last game against the Lightning, that would have been optimal for me as a fan, and I I guess I'm fine with the outcome anyway. We end up losing, uh, but we end up taking points on the other games that Henrik plays, and, and, and I'm going full heel and being a terrible fan this next week. It's terrible fan week in Rangertown, and all I want to do is lose every single game by a lot. Don't care. It, it it didn't it didn't hinder my ability to watch that Ranger game knowing that Henrik Lundqvist wasn't playing. I just I didn't care. Did not care. It didn't impact me at all. I didn't want him playing because I don't want him playing again this season. So right. I just it the problem you should have is that he came back in and played against other teams. It shouldn't be that he didn't play in that game. I just I it's such a stupid thing for Ranger fans to be like, oh, why is he playing? First of all, if it was up to Hank, he probably plays. I think that decision was taken from him, which makes all the other decisions even weirder by Elaine Vigneault. Like, what's he doing? Is Elaine Vigneault, like, I all think, right, fine. I think Elaine knows he's gone after this week. I don't think he does. I truly don't. He had that quote on, um, 
on Wednesday before the Capitals game saying that, you know, he thought that this team was a bubble playoff team, that they had enough players to make the playoffs. And then management decided to go in a different direction as if the play of the Rangers wasn't indicative of what this team was capable of. He said management made the decision that it was time to reload. So that's why the Rangers are missing the playoffs. This man, for whatever, whatever is between his ears, hot air, whatever you want to call it, he doesn't know when he's the problem. This team didn't look like a playoff team all season long. The only reason why we were even close was because of the performance of one Henrik Lundqvist. And yet this guy has the gall to say that, oh, it's management that said that the, we weren't good enough. So we're going to miss the playoffs. See, that's to me. He's that's me. Him saying, "All right, I know I'm done here. I'm going to start shitting, shit talking management." I don't think so because that that is a comment from a coach who expects to win on a nightly basis and thinks he's doing everything possible to put a winning product on the ice. When we all know, we've watched this team all year. We know Elaine Vino has not been capable of putting a winning product on the ice. So for him to make those comments, not just irresponsible. A fireable offense. And I think that's like the 25th time I've said a fireable uh, a offense. fireable offense. So Elaine Vigneault just in the last, I don't know, since December. It just, I don't think any other, I, I can't think of a coach on any other team in the New York market making those comments and living to tell the tale. Well, I mean, you know, Aaron Boone, if you want to go ahead and do that. He's not going to. Okay. <laughs> But if Girardi, if Girardi said when the Yankees sold off assets in, uh, what was that, 20, 2015? Yeah, when they sold off assets in 2015, was it Joe Girardi going up to the microphone being like, well, oh, no, it was last year. It was 2016. Two no, years no, no. Ago. They, I don't they, know they what fucking year it is. They competed last year, man, in 2017. They, they sold off in 2015 and 2016. But 16 was the big one, wasn't it? Wasn't that when Miller that was, and Chapman left? That's correct, because they went to the Cubs. And the Cubs yeah, so when they sold off, when they sold off Miller and Chapman, Joe Girardi didn't get up to the microphone being like, well, Brian Cashman decided we didn't have the guys to do it. I thought we did. If Girardi said that, he would have been fired before he finished the sentence. <laughs> Elaine Vino says effectively that, the and he lives to tell the tale. The Rangers know they're firing him at the end of this week. They're going to let him play out the season, and Here's, that's it. My hesitation is uh, I listened my favorite non-us hockey podcast. Hey. It's 31 Thoughts with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman. It's fantastic. If you like us and you want to actually listen to two guys that know what the fuck they're talking about, you should listen to them. Um, the uncertainty in Friedman's voice when it comes to Elaine Vino being fired or not being fired scares the living shit out of me. He makes it sound like the Rangers, one, definitely haven't made a decision yet. And two, it's at least 50-50 that he could come back. And the fact that there isn't, we're all saying, oh, Elaine Vino is definitely gone. Like anyone who has a brain and likes the New York Rangers wants Elaine Vino gone. My fear is that the guys who should know outside of Larry Brooks all seem rather mild on whether the Rangers will make a coaching change. Larry Brooks has gone all in. Larry Brooks has been a fantastic read since about January 1st. Which is refreshing, by the way. Oh, he's it, the under, underrated storyline of the New York Rangers season is the rebirth of Larry Brooks. It's been great. Because there, there was a lot of fluff article, weird articles there for a while. Well, it just it makes reading about the Rangers a little more enjoyable, knowing that someone, not everyone's a puppet, basically, is what it comes down to. And that that's not a meant to be a slight at Sean Hartnett 
or some of the other guys that have done really well. But Larry Brooks has been on the beat for a long enough time where I feel like he is the elder. You know, he is the elder statesman. No, it definitely is. There's no doubt about he also, that. He also holds significant clout. And the fact that Brooks is not afraid to be swinging right now, it's, it's, it's great to see. But outside of Larry Brooks, the national guys, I haven't seen Bob McKenzie. I haven't seen Elliot Friedman. I haven't seen these guys say one way or the other, the Rangers are going to make a coaching change. And that scares me. I, th- I think that means it's not as much of a slam dunk as we think it is. Well, we'll know by the next week, right? I mean, the last <sighs> you, the you, upcoming. You would think. We, we didn't finish off the quick game recap there. That's fine, though. Um, I mean, we beat Carolina. There you go. All, all you need to know is Kevin Hayes continues to look great. Leah Sanderson, Philip Heedle have looked fantastic. Uh, and, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about them probably this I'm summer. I'm in love, deep love with Neil Pionk. Min duel with himself. I guess that's one thing we can touch on. I So we were, we've, we've well, been on, fluff on, boys. Hold on, hold on. So, oh, we want to finish AV. Hold on. Yeah, let's finish AV before we go to that. This upcoming schedule this week are the Devils on Tuesday. Then we go to the Islanders on Thursday. Then we go to the Flyers on Saturday. Are we going to the Islander game? On Thursday? Yeah. Interesting. Tickets are cheap. I might come down. It, are they? Yeah, they're like, uh, I know last I checked, they were under 60 bucks. They're probably going to keep dropping. I so meaning this game against two teams, not in the playoffs. I don't hate that idea. We'll chat. Um, floating it out there. Floating it out there. So I think we know by Saturday or Sunday. If AV is here or not for the next year, there's going to be the we're going to hear some stuff from the exit interviews, right? Like something's going to leak. Uh, everyone has Monday circled on the calendar, and uh, it's most commonly known as Black Monday. Well, good news. I, that's when we record. Yeah, I would say I would say by the time we record, I don't know. I really I really don't know when it comes. We there's a chance that next Monday is our goodbye Elaine Vino podcast. And there's an equal chance Monday it's us being like, are we going to fire him? Oh, are we waiting until after the playoffs? Are we waiting until someone else fires someone first? Is this a game of chicken? Who's going to pull the trigger first? It's going to be one of those. I, it's odd that there hasn't been a single coach fired this entire season. That you know, never happened. Now that you say it, I didn't think about it till right now. That's fucking crazy. I mean, there will be, there will be moves. Um, I, the Blackhawks are going to make a decision on Joel Quenville. I think the Flames could be going a different direction. Uh, the the Oilers, Flames don't even have a first-round pick this year. Yikes. Right, because they wanted Travis Hamannick that bad. This is The crazy thing about the New York Islanders is they can both be the dumbest organization in sports and the smartest at the same time. They are stupid for giving up a third-round pick for a defenseman that was on waivers weeks before the trade deadline, and yet they're geniuses because they got an unprotected first-round pick for the Calgary Flames, and that's going to be a lottery pick for them. Oh, yeah. They could have two top three picks, theoretically. And that's, Theoretically. And that's fucking terrifying. They have a 20% chance to have a top three pick. I hate that. Yeah, well, there's an 85% chance that John Ferris is a Ranger anyway. I so. love that. Um, Johnny. Johnny before we, got, before we got sidetracked by Elaine Vigneault again, mm-hmm. we were fluff boys for John Gilmore. Wow. Okay, hello, boys. We were fluff uh, boys for John Gilmore. He has risen another octave in his voice. <laughs> hey. um, we were fluff boys for John Gilmore when he first came out because he did look fantastic. I think... Uh, you more so than me, by the way. He's he looked fine since then. I don't think he's necessarily been bad. But I wouldn't go so far to say that it's a lock. He'll be on the opening night roster. Neil Pionk, in my mind, is a lock for the opening night roster. Oh, absolutely. There, there, are, some, there are some moves that Pionk has, has done over these past couple games where I'm like, wow, what? What is that? Oh, is that a defenseman? 
Is that I Ch- think Chad Kirk? Oh, it's not? I, 22 years old, and I think he's already doing a great job to prove he can be a solid second-pairing defenseman. I'm all in on Pionk. My favorite <laughs> Rangers right now, in order. Kreider. I don't count Zook. He's an all-timer. Kreider, Buchnevich, Neil Pionk. That's where I'm at. I can see it. Um, I think the only three defensemen that are guaranteed jobs on the New York Rangers next year are Brady Shea, Kevin Shattenkirk, and Neil Pionk. I think everyone else, fight for your life. If I had to, if I had to choose a fourth, I'd probably say Tony D'Angelo. Um, yeah, Tony D probably stays. I, I think he. I think they find a way to keep him on the roster in some way, shape, or form. Well, Mark he was Stahl, playing pretty well before he got injured. We just yeah, he was. He was. Just Mark Stahl's. We got to figure out if he's a buyout candidate. Uh, he is not. Brandon Smith, we got to figure out what the fuck he's doing. He will be in AHL. <laughs> John John Gilmore is going to be given every opportunity to play for a roster spot, but I think the Rangers are going to be very okay if he's just like not even the seventh defenseman, just the first man up in Hartford. Yeah, because that's a great depth piece. Yeah, and and, and they can put him. They, they they don't. I don't believe they have to worry about if they have to worry about waivers with him next year. He's he's no worse than the seventh defenseman. And I'd be happy if he was the seventh defenseman. Just keep Steve Camper far away from my roster. Steve can't come back, man. He's got I, another year on that contract, baby. I, I, I why, why did we do that? Because we're geniuses. I think it's something to do with the expansion draft or something. I don't know. So right now, uh, and again, just to come back to Tankathon for one second. Yeah. Seven, eight, and nine. The Islanders, the Oilers. And the Chicago Blackhawks all have 74 points. Yeah. All, all of them. That's why this, and I'm going to sound crazy, going to overtime against the Capitals sucks. Because all you really want to do is this. If you're if you're the Rangers. You want to lose all three games, and you hope all three of those teams win one, then you're all tied up. Except now, you're three points up, and that's a fucking problem. So you're probably I, stuck at 10. I think we're stuck at 10. I just, I don't, I mean... We can just simply not play against the Islanders and just take the loss on Thursday. But even then, you're still another game behind them. I think this team, that, best case scenario, overtime, they draft nine. The overtime situation sucks ass for us. Like, yep. The fact that we went to overtime against the Capitals will haunt me, personally. I, I know it doesn't seem like a big deal right now. But that one point, because there's a, there's a world where the Islanders, Edmonton, and Chicago win at least one game this week, and we, we lose all three? Yeah, there's definitely that world. We could go all the way up to seventh. That would be great. And then we'd have a 20% chance in the top three, and 6.5 at the over, one overall. That would be fucking phenomenal. But we're not going to do that, because we've won too much in this rebuilding period. I still don't... I still don't get too caught up on where the Rangers finish. Because you have to remember, part of the reason why the Rangers got all these assets is to have flexibility. And by flexibility, I mean... I don't think you can – a smart team would not trade out of the top three. But if the Rangers like a guy at five, they have more than enough assets to trade up to five. You can flip You can flip the Tampa Bay late first rounder and the Rangers pick to get the five. I don't think that's an – it's not giving up the farm to move up five or six picks. So while, while I get it, like be, you can be frustrated. I'm not telling you not to. And the Rangers are obviously hurting their odds. But you don't just trade for these assets for the Rangers to draft six guys in the first three rounds. You trade for these assets so you have some upward movability. If you want to move up a couple spots because there's a guy you know for sure you like at five, 
that you're worried about someone at six or seven to swoop in and take him from you before he gets to 10. The Rangers have that in spades. They can do that. And they can do that while still having just a mountain of draft picks on top of it. But to be this sort of competitive team that we want to be in the future, we really need to strike gold here and have some sort of type, top flight talent from this draft. Like we need, we need to hit this one. This one is very yeah, again. So if you like a guy, trade up. You don't need to hit on all three first round picks. I mean, I would be stu- I would be stunned if the Rangers selected three times in the first round this year. Okay, stunned. Me, sort of me too. But I would. I and I know it's not up to anyone, but the chance, and that's all. It's just all odds and statistics now. But getting top three here is crucial for the Rangers, and the fact that we are three points up on seven through nine picking is going. It's going to look really bad for us in the future. I don't think it's crucial. It's still, it's still like, not just is it a lottery to see where you pick. I love Zadina and Shev, Shev, as much as the next guy. It's not a guarantee they're going to be stars. You're still taking some risk and leaving some things to chance, whoever you draft outside of maybe Darlene. Like, Darlene, I think, is such a, just a generational talent that, it will it, the percentages of him not being an all-star caliber defenseman are significantly low, but there are possibilities where Zadina doesn't pan out or the Russian guy whose name I'm not even going to try and pronounce <laughs> pan out. It's identify who you like and the Rangers. The, the thing that's going to dictate if the Rangers have a good off season is one identifying the right guy. And then two making the move to make sure they get the right guy. The Rangers have no excuse to not get whoever they want in the top 10. I don't if if they really want a top 3 pick, they have the resources to go do it depending on who gets one of those 3 picks. So it's it's not so much this again, this is another reason why I'm just not angry when the Rangers win. No team is better positioned to move up in this year's draft than the New York Rangers. Because you can trade Zuccarello for another first round pick if you want to, and then you have four first round picks to trade from. To move up, you could you could package your pick, the Bruins pick, and the Lightning pick to move up into the top five, and then still have the pick you got for Zuccarello, plus the second rounder for Grabner, your second rounder, and the third rounder you have for Nick Holden, and your third rounder. The Rangers That's have all true. they have plenty of picks. Don't get angry if this team somehow wins its way wins its way out of the top ten and doesn't win the lottery. If the Rangers like a guy at five, they have the pieces to go get that guy. I have no problem in saying that. And everyone else needs to realize that. It's not just about the fact that the Rangers move these guys and they're now going to have three first-round picks. They have three theoretical first-round picks. Package them to get the guy you want. The odds of you drafting a Hall of Famer at 30 and 31 or even an NHL-caliber all-star, they're minimal. They're very low. You'll be happy to get an NHL regular after about the top 15. That's the hard truth. You miss more times than you hit. Once you get outside the lottery in the NHL. Absolutely. So if the Rangers definitely want a guy at five, make the move. And if the Rangers say, well, we didn't, we didn't win the luck with the ping pong balls. So we had to stand pat at nine. That is unacceptable. I just don't want, as a hockey fan and as a Ranger fan, I really cannot take if the Islanders or the Chicago gets the first overall pick. I will flip the fuck out. Well, if the Islanders get the first pick, they'll probably end up taking, like, <laughs> is DiPietro, like, is, has his contract expired? Can they just take him with, again? You mean with ESPN or with MSG when they're simulcasting instead of putting us on TV? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Um, all right. 
I think we've gone over all that. Uh, again, maybe I'm overreacting by having the 77 points as a Ranger fan. But to me, yeah, to me, to me it matters. Me, to me it maybe matters. You, you are overreacting. The, if the Rangers won some games because the kids played really well. Uh, I it, Not the case against the Hurricanes. That was all Henrik Lundqvist. But there are games when Lundqvist was out where Georgiev played incredibly. And we've seen the likes of Spooner elevate his game. Neil Pionk has elevated his game. Um, Vladimir Nemestikov, when given a chance, has looked very good. Kevin Hayes is playing some of the best hockey he's played as a New York Ranger. Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider have been dynamic ever since the trade deadline, once Kreider got healthy. The Rangers, you should be encouraged by how the Rangers have been playing during this quote-unquote rebuild. Because it looks like, if the Rangers really wanted to, it honestly looks like they have enough offense right now to compete. With I the was just about team. to say that. like They kind of do look like a playoff team. They really do. Well, not, not defensively. Defensively, it looks like a team that needs about three or four defensemen. Going to need about three or four defensemen for that. Yeah. So, offensively, if the Rangers really I, – I, now, I, again, you and I are on the same page. I don't think you and I want this team to run back this offense. I, I would like to see some shuffling of the cards and some more trades coming. But if the Rangers really wanted to, they have a playoff caliber forward group. They have 12 guys, not including Cody McLeod, that could oh definitely play this team – offensively to a point where they can be competitive in the playoffs. And they still have Henrik Lundqvist. So if they figure out that defense, which needs a shit ton of figuring out, if they figure out that defense, it could be a playoff team sooner rather than later. But I, I this again, you and I are on record. I think one of Hayes, Nemestnikov, Spooner gets traded, and I still think it's one or both of Spooner and Nemestnikov. I think Jimmy VC has will play his last game as a New York Ranger in the next week. Um, Matt Zuccarello... He's either going to be the captain or he's going to be traded, and I don't see any in-between. There's There are moves that the Rangers will make offensively that this unit will look different. But if they wanted to run it back, it wouldn't anger me. Speaking of Cody McLeod, what about Pavel Buchnevich and fighting? Because <laughs> we watched – okay, so that, we didn't get into that, but Pavel Buchnevich – Kind of, didn't kind of, totally hip-checked Kucherov after taking a hit from Ryan McDonough. Yeah, borderline dirty. Uh, not borderline. I think well, it was pretty I don't, dirty. It wasn't knee on knee. I don't think Buchnevich was trying to injure no, the guy. No, he hip-checked him for sure, because Ryan McDonough... Yeah, but a hip, Ryan, a hip-check is legal. Yeah. Like, you gotta use the pro- proper vernacular here. Okay, he hip-checked him. It wasn't knee to knee, you're right. Yeah, uh, he didn't He didn't sluice-foot Kucherov. No, but he went right into him. And, yeah, but... Uh, it, it was a it it was a borderline clean hit. It wasn't like it wasn't what fucking Brad Marchand did this today to the Flyers. It was it was a it was a hit that a guy you know could get beat up for. And Booch dropped the gloves with Steve Stamkos. So good good for Booch. He fought for himself. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of asserting and saying, "Hey, you know, I'm still here, Ryan McDonough. That the fact that you hit me doesn't matter. I'm going to try and take control of this game." and fight. Why would we need McLeod on the team? Has McLeod fought or protected anybody? He's fought. I don't think he's protected anybody. I don't think so either. Uh, it was nice to see Pavel kind of stand up, even though, to me, it was borderline dirty. Um, and Stamkos going right after him was appropriate. Good for Stamkos taking a fight as a star player. Uh, good for Bush for standing up for his team. I, I, disagree. I disagree. Uh, Stamkos taking the fight as good. That Again, you just have to know time and place. If you're Stamkos... I just don't know if Stamkos necessarily needed to drop the gloves because just bad things happen when you drop the gloves, whether you like it or not. Like Stamkos could break a hand, get a concussion, 
facial facial laceration, something something bad could happen to Steve Stamkos when he drops the glove. And if the Lightning, the Lightning's most important player is Nikita Kucherov. Their second most important player is Andre Vasilevsky. Their third most important player is Steve Stamkos. If Stamkos gets hurt, whatever chance this team has of winning the Stanley Cup greatly decreases. Um, I'm not saying a goon should have stepped in there. Just shouldn't have, in my mind, been Stamkos. The only two players, the only three players that should be barred from fighting on the Lightning are Kucherov, Hedman, and Stamkos. Everyone else, like Paquette was playing on that line. Paquette probably should have stepped up there. But, you know, all they really did was hug each other. They didn't really throw any punches. And then Steve Stamkos got an entire period off. So maybe Stamkos is playing checkers and we're playing chess. Because that guy saw that this was a meaningless game, that his team was easily going to win. And he just didn't want to play in the second period. So he took a seat. Okay, that's fair. I just, for me, I guess you're right. I, I, I am sort of the avoid injury as much as possible as a sports fan. So if I'm a Lightning fan, I don't want him to take that fight. But if I'm also a Lightning fan, I kind of like that he's my leader and he's stepping up for the team, protecting his guys. Yeah, like it, it didn't anger me because, again, it's, it, it would have been dangerous if Stamkos stepped up to someone that actually has... Fighting ability? Right. Um, I th- maybe Stamkos knew it was Buchnevich and he's just a cuddly Russian bear and just wanted to hug him a little so bit. So cute, man. He just rides the Dolphins. Uh, it's, but, yeah, and... It's not even I, – I say that I don't want those guys fighting. You shouldn't have a designated fighter on your team. I think that's stupid, which is what Cody McLeod is. They're just guys on every line that are, in my mind, more capable of fighting. If something happened to Mika Zibinijet, I would expect Chris Kreider to step up. If something happened to one of the kids, Kevin Hayes was or Matt Zuccarello, I'd expect to step up. Um, it's crazy that Matt Zuccarello fights, by the way. He just goes so, at it. He's just so cute. It's so crazy he does that. Little, it's like when uh, it's, it's when the it's when the Care Bears turn evil in the cartoons. It's just and they like just that. Start lighting shit on fire. And the hearts in their eyes become fire. Yeah, I exactly. Agree. Uh, what do you want to move on to? Five star questions of the week. Sure, let's do it. We have three five star questions of the week. One isn't even a question. It's just a compliment to us. Oh no! I know, I know, but I'm going to read them anyway because this the title is good. Av is a wet sandwich. Hmm. Is, he, right. is so, he a wet sandwich? I think like a soggy sandwich, right? Because what a wet sandwich, you kind of just admit defeat. You don't even try to eat it. Right. A soggy sandwich. You throw in the toaster and you're trying to toast it, but it still comes it, out. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It, it definitely tastes past prime. Um, you're annoyed because you don't have any other food to go to. Otherwise, you would. I I would say a soggy sandwich is worse because – you try to make the best out of a bad situation, and there's just no way to do and it. There's just no way to do it, and that's exactly describes AV. Yeah. A, is, wet, a wet sandwich is a lost cause. Like, you're just going to starve. That's it. You're done. It's over. This a soggy is, sandwich you're attempting to eat, and it's just not going to go well. Exactly. And you're still going to eat it, and you don't know why. And you're still, yeah. yet to, you're still there like, I know I'm going to eat the sandwich, and I'm going to continue to eat the sandwich, but why am I doing it? At some point, you stop being angry at the sandwich, and you start being angry at yourself for allowing yourself to be angry at the sandwich. Exactly, AB. Uh, from Mita Marco, seven, uh, sorry, Mita Miko 77. This is the same person as AB's wet sandwich. Just wanted to say that your podcast is awesome. Thank you. Keep up the great work, guys. We'll keep doing that. Second, you guys are my therapy session for AB venting. My wife doesn't want to hear it anymore and may murder me if I keep talking about it. Listening ah, we to you get guys. It. You're married. Yeah, what a brag. Listening to me helps you. Uh, listening to you guys help me get through the misery of him. 
And just he's a wet sandwich. You said it best, Mika. Mita, Mita Miko, 77. Next question. A great funny podcast. Oh. <laughs> Forever chaotic and a heart emoji. Nice. I've been following the Rangers for about a year now, and it just dawned on me that uh, to look for a specific Rangers podcast. This one was recommended to me. Shout out to whoever recommended this to you. I couldn't be more happy that I found it. Ryan and Greg are hilarious and very informative. I think you're lying to yourself. As, as I'm, oh, oh, this is true. She says, as I'm still relatively new to this, so she has no idea. We have no idea what we're talking about. She? He, he or she. I'm assuming, and I'm 2018, wow. so I shouldn't do this, because there was a little heart. I think it's a she. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, no, I don't think you're right. I just think you're being very optimistic, and that's very cute of you. Okay. You're, very, you're a good 2018 feminist, Ryan. Maybe I should, maybe I should, whoever wants to put a heart at the end of their username should do it. Uh, serious question. For the guys who may get traded this summer, where do you want to see them go, and where do you not want them to go? Where do I, where do I want to see them go? Uh, well, I don't want to see anyone go to Philly. That That is straight up my nightmare. It's never going to happen. And I, um, so the guys we're talking about, just to be clear, are probably of these four people. It's Jimmy VC, Kevin yep. Hayes, Ryan Spooner, and think I think we can leave Hayes off the list. Um, so it's Spooner, Nemestikov, VZ. And Zuccarello. Yes. Uh, Zook, makes, Zook made all the sense in the world at the deadline, continues to make all the sense in the world uh, for the Dallas Stars. I think that's still a, a match there. Wow, the Stars are a nightmare right now. Because they have no scoring. Well, which is incredible. How, how did that team, which was an offensive firehouse, firehouse, uh, become just this lackluster team who's fallen out of a playoff race? It, they. This is what happens when you have a team that's playing extremely well and you're just leaning on those guys maintaining a pace as opposed to building up behind that pace to give them room to fall back on. So if you don't, if you don't put a safety net out and the guys fall – Bad things are going to happen. It can't just be all Sagan. He needs some help. Yeah. And the rain, the, for whatever reason, the Stars didn't feel like they had to do it, so they didn't. And now they're out of the playoff race because of it. Dallas would definitely be a nice landing spot for Zuccarello if we were to trade him. Um, you know where I kind of like Jimmy Vc. I would hate to see him because that's part of the question too. I would hate to see Zook as a Pittsburgh Penguin. That would kill me inside. I don't think the Rangers would trade with Pittsburgh. Oh, they will not trade with Pittsburgh. They just will trade with somebody else who will trade Zuccarello to Pittsburgh. Could be. Could be. Um, but that's out of the Rangers' control as soon as they make the trade. That's true. Uh, so, Zook to the Stars. I kind of like Jimmy VC on the Oilers. I just feel like it makes sense there. Hmm. Like, he could float between the second line and the third line. You play him with someone like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and he just takes minutes away from Milan Lucic. And he gets a little bit of a Connor McDavid rub. I don't know. I think it, for whatever reason in my head, I feel like it can make a little sense. Yeah, I could see v- VC ending up like in Vancouver. I don't know why Vancouver would do that. I don't know. I think, I think, I think VC is a guy who needs to go to a team that thinks either their rebuild is nearing a conclusion or they're going to make the playoffs next year. And I think the Oilers should feel like a team that will make the playoffs next year. Um, it's a team that should address their defense. And yet I, I, I think VC could play well there. Uh, Spooner and Nemesnikov, I feel like anyone would want them, but you also have to take into account uh, Caprum because both are going to be due for new contracts that are going to be a little bit on the pricier side. Um, I could see one of them. Like Vladimir uh, Vladislav Nemesnikov just feels like a guy who belongs on the Sharks. And they're going to have a just a mountain of cap room next year. Like the Sharks 
very quietly are going to be a non-Ranger John Tavares contender. I, I think it's completely possible. Um, the Mestnikov on the Sharks would be fascinating. And Spooner, you know, for whatever reason, I can just see Spooner on the Canadians. Can't tell you why. He just, I, in my head, I just see him in a Habs jersey. It just, and, and I wouldn't mind that because it's like I'm deadly attached to Spooner at this point. No, and you could get lucky that Bergevin does something stupid like trade Galchenyuk straight up for Spooner because Spooner had a good two months as the New York Ranger winger. I was reading uh, actually an article on Puck Daddy today that said uh, John Tavares could end up on Tampa, and that just made me cry inside. They still have a boatload of cap room, um, but they got to pay Kucherov. They do, and I th- I think they got to pay. They don't. It's one of those weird situations where they don't have to pay Kucherov this offseason. But it's also, why wouldn't you pay Kucherov this offseason? He only has one year left on his deal after this year, and it's just like delaying the inevitable. And it feels weird that they would try and lock someone else up long-term before they lock up Kucherov long-term. Agree. But yeah, I, I think your top Tavares destinations, Tampa, the Rangers. The Sharks. The Sharks. The, yeah. the Maple Leafs are chilling. If the, if the Maple Leafs want to move – uh, and, Marner and, or Nylander? So I don't. I honestly, I don't think he goes to the Islanders. But you, if they're if if the if you the think Maple there's Leafs, no chance there stays. Why would you want to? Like I, I can't ask, come ask up, yourself. I, ask yourself an honest I, question. Why would you? Want I to? honestly can't come up with a good reason. What has this team done to prove to you, John Tavares, that they're capable of having a long-term winner? Nothing. Nothing. They have failed to build around. You, when you were in the prime of your career and affordable, and they haven't been able to do it. They've known what their weaknesses are, and they just haven't addressed them. Meanwhile, they knew their weakness. They knew their weakness was defense, and while they should be applauded for the fact that they got a first-round pick for Travis Hamonic, they never replaced them. And then they give up assets for guys who are literally on the scrap heap. What about the Golden Knights? It's interesting. They're definitely there, too. They have more cap room than they'll ever know what to do with. Right. And, it, and you're John Tavares. This team was just a fucking stud all year long. Not just that, but you could you can sell. Who, Vegas can go to every free agent and be like, would you like to be the first face of our franchise? No other team can really do that. Like, if Tavares comes to the Rangers, he's got to compete with Hank. Mm-hmm. If he goes to the Sharks, he'll have to compete with Burns and Thornton. Yep. If he goes to the Lightning, he'll have to compete with Stamkos, Kucherov, and JT Miller. Oh, if he goes, if he goes to the Leafs, he'll have Austin Matthews. If if John Tavares wants to be the number one banana on a playoff team, Vegas is awfully tempting. And there's no better place to do it than that. That team is stacked out for some reason. <laughs> not uh, not a placeholder whatsoever. 107 points at the recording of this podcast. Sheesh. Unreal. And uh, Wild Bill Carlson pulled off the Merrick Malik last night, so all hell is breaking loose. Forever Count, I got a second question. It's a fun question. After Hank retires, do you think he'll take up modeling? If you're good at something and you can get paid for it, you should do it. I think Hank might uh, Which just is why we don't get his... paid for this podcast. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> I think Hank might just sit on his pile of money in Sweden and just – or no, he's not going back. I think he'll live in New York, but I think he's just going to live the posh life. He's not going to have to work a day in his life after his hockey career. You think he'll just sit around and be friends with everyone, play guitar, kind of hang out and be awesome? 
he'll be the guy that comes to like maybe 10, 15 range of games a year, stands out. <laughs> I love that he's going to come to like 10 games. There's no yeah. way he comes to more than 10. I, I totally agree with you, by the way. Yeah, he'll, he'll come to 10 to 15. He'll smile and wave for the crowd. He'll get, he'll do one pump up video that they play all year long. Yeah. Uh, and, and, every, then and, the, the of, and every single time either showed him on the jump time, everyone will go, hey, Rick. Hey, yeah. Rick. Yeah. And then, I don't know, he'll just hang out after that. I, I, I think he's just going to be retired. I don't think Henrik Lundqvist has the desire to remain in the public eye. I think he's very comfortable with the life he lives. And he should be. He's a fucking beautiful man making millions of dollars to play hockey. So hey, but God bless him. But to answer your question, I think I do think he'll model. Uh, I, I, do, know, I do think a lot of work. I don't think he'll want to travel that much. No, I don't think he'll do it. I think he'll take like side gigs. Like, hey, Henrik, you want to model this something? We'll pay you a ton of money. And he's like, how long do you have to work? 10 hours? Okay. So I yeah he might I think he might be like an Instagram model like someone will <laughs> someone will mail him a suit and in the comfort of his own home he'll take a picture in front of the mirror if we're gonna call that modeling yeah Hank will be a model I don't think he's gonna ever like run, walk down a runway or do an elaborate photo shoot that's probably true yeah, he'll be an, he'll be an Instagram model an Instagram he's fit T bro fit T next one great podcast from Ranger O five one eight nine. It's a lot of numbers. It's a lot of numbers, buddy. Well, it's probably – their birthday is probably May 1st, 1989. Probably that. Uh, very funny banter. True Ranger podcast for Ranger fans, I guess. Uh, mm. What are some prospects we can get excited about this upcoming draft? Keep up the good work. So I got good news and bad for, news for you. We have done little pod, uh, draft research so far, but we do mm. know people who have. Yes. Uh, we actually have an article on our website right now written by some of our staff members there, uh, Drew Way, Sean Taggart, and George uh, also – I can't. Why can't I pronounce George's last name right now? Oh, Bremsky. It's oh, not that hard. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, who wrote a little bit of article and it's up there. You can go read it now. One of the players that Drew mentions that I kind of like is Oliver Wallstrom. He is known as the second best scorer in the draft and could be there in the top ten for us to take. Uh, seems like it could be something that would be valuable for the Rangers to have a scoring or playmaking wing in the system. Uh, and I trust Drew with my life and all opinions, so I'm gonna go with him. Yeah, and I've I've mentioned his name before, and I'll continue to mention it. I've been if everyone focuses on the top Swedish defenseman in this draft, which is uh, Rasmus Dahlin. I'm a big Boquist guy. I think he's going to be something special. I in like the, the name Boquist. It feels good. Yeah. to say he's a he's a smaller defenseman, from what I understand. Um, but I I I think his versatility will play well in the NHL, and I think he's a. I don't like throwing around the word locks, but I, I it would be a disappointment if he's not a top four defenseman. Uh, and obviously, I'm, I'm not here to say no one should ever draft for need, but I do believe Boquist is a top five talent in this draft. So if the Rangers can get their hands on him, it not just addresses a clear need in this organization. It's also them getting one of the five best players in the draft. And we shall see. Thank you so much for the five-star questions that came in today. We're doing a couple more weeks of this. Uh, if you guys want to go in, we're, this week I have a new idea for five-star questions. You can do your five-star exit interview. What do you think about the Ranger season? What do you think about the season of podcasting? Or any actual nonsense question you have whatsoever, you can go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and leave a question for us, and we will talk about it on the podcast the next few weeks. That's yeah, not a bad idea. Exit interviews with the Blue Shirts Breakaway Boys. Let's do some 10 minutes of nonsense, Greg. You got a who the F is Blue Shirts Breakaway for the day? Not particularly did i ever tell how i named my dog in the podcast yes i did you did okay uh, i saw i always say i saw isle of dogs this week and i loved it ah it's not out here it's not out up here yet 
It's really, you know what, it's very strange that it's not out up there. You know what I saw that was fantastic? What was that? That I, uh, I can't recommend this more, Game Night. Yeah, so I heard, like, actually good things about Game Night. It is fantastic, Ryan. It's so weird, because the trailer looks like shit. It does. When the trailer came out, I was like, oh, this movie's going to bomb. It has an 82 on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Um, it Pretty is high. prime Jason Bateman. I, I think it's the best female pairing to Jason Bateman I've seen in any movie, and it's Rachel McAdams. So do you think like that's a movie that like is going to be much more popular when it's on cable? It's going to have that long-term cable run? I think it's going to get second life when it hits cable, because and a whole lot of people who saw the trailer are like, I don't really want to see that. They're going to see it pop up, and they're, they're going to be like, yeah, fine, I'll watch it. And then they're going to be blown away by it. And it's I have a feeling like it's going to have the life. same uh, – I haven't seen it yet. But it feels to me like similar to Hot Rod, the Andy Samberg movie, which I absolutely love, which bombed sort of in the theaters. And then what, once it hit like streaming services, became like a cult classic. I, I think a uh, similar vein. I'm not going to say better example. I'll say my example. Um, Step Brothers is a movie I had no interest in seeing in theaters. Cult classic. And it, it, it's one of those movies that gets better every time I see it now. Um, yeah. It's in it's in that vein, Hot Rod, uh, Step Brothers, but uh, I got a Blue Shirts break. Uh, who the f is Blue Shirts Breakaway for you? Go for it. And this is one that we'll revisit when uh, we do our Momcast. I can't wait for Momcast. So, uh, as as many people know, I grew up in a Jewish household, what, which Greg? means I know, right? Uh, my birthday notoriously falls during Passover almost every year. So there were very few times growing up that I was actually allowed to have real cake. Very just de- very depressing as a child. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I can't tell you how deflating it is to have a birthday party for you, all your friends eating cake. and Wait, everyone else ate cake? I was allowed to eat cake. But everyone else, but they got cake for everyone else for your birthday. Well, we're not going to not get cake for people at my birthday. That makes sense. That sucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And my friends were shit at getting me gifts too. So fuck them. (laughs) I give them cake and they give me nothing. Anyway, um, there was one year on my birthday – that did not fall during Passover. My mom and I, it, we were, I was in high school, so I was probably going through like a hormonal night and my mom and I got into a fight. Uh, don't, I can't tell you for the life of me what our fight was about, but uh, it was raining. It was raining outside. And this becomes an important part of the story. You'll, you'll hear. Uh, my mom needed to go outside to like make sure that her plot, her, her plants weren't getting soaked. Um, and when she went outside, I, Closed the sliding door behind her and locked it to leave her outside. So she comes back up on the door, tries to open it, realizes it's locked, starts knocking on the glass. And I'm just standing on the other side of the door like, wow, man, don't know how to unlock this door. Hmm. Wonder how I'm going to be able to do this. How do you open it? You're not telling me how to open it. I can't, I'm trying to help you and you're not helping me. <laughs> After we, we do that song and dance for about 30 seconds. My mom is getting just soaking wet. I open the door for her. She doesn't say a word to me. She just takes her shoes off, w- wipes herself off, walks into the kitchen, picks my cake up, goes back outside on the deck, and just throws it into the woods. <laughs> walks, walks back inside, goes, there. Now I feel better. Doesn't say another word to me. And honestly, Ryan, wasn't even that mad. It was such a baller move that, that I was like. such a G move from mom. My mom felt so bad she went out uh, the next day and bought me two cakes. So really – I won yeah, very the, much. Yeah, moms, you won that one. Yeah, yeah. No, but it was uh, – <laughs> she, she chucked it deep too. This thing went a solid like 100 feet into the woods. 
like a frisbee. And she's like, I feel so much better. And just walked inside. So my mom and I rarely fought as children when I was a child. Oh, your mom was a child then too? I was about to say, not, as, not just me as a child. Uh, but one time in particular, I thought she was going to be pissed because I thought, I did a lot of stupid shit when I was a kid. I was, in the, ba- yep, I was in the backyard uh, and I had one of those – you ever see those gerbils that have the nunchucks and if you click the button, they would play a song and like sing Everybody Was Kung Fu Fighting? I'm sure you have. Uh, no, because I was a cool kid growing up, but continue. It, interesting. Uh, I thought it would be fun when I was like 16 years old to have that thrown at me and hit it with a baseball bat. Oh, no. Uh, and it was thrown at me and instead it missed and went through the window. So I had to explain to my mother that I just threw a kung fu fighting ninja gerbil through the window when she got home. And that was a fun, wonderful time. I ended up, uh, she being okay with it, but I did have to work for for the replacement of that of said window. But I did pick it up afterwards and she allowed me to hit said nunchuck gerbil with a baseball bat. I feel like the that ninja gerbil is what parents get their kids who can't afford the ninja, ninja turtle. Uh, I will say that's true. My mom did work three jobs. <laughs> your mom's a lovely person i've met her so i don't blame her for this it's right. just ninja gerbil feels like it's it's an animal it's a ninja but it's the knockoff version of the turtle okay i, I do have one more quick who's, i'm just complaining now okay uh this is a dad story oh my god oh, what? <laughs> oh my god how do you have one of these your dad or someone else's dad my, my dad i was very young interesting. um interesting I, and i don't know why but do other people, and you wouldn't know this because you're Jewish, but I don't know if people get gifts for Easter or not. I, how would I know that? I don't, I don't know. But I feel like when I was a kid, I would get gifts for Easter. Like, it didn't have to be big, but it was some sort of gift, right? Yeah. Like some sort of chocolate or whatever. I remember my dad, when I was pretty young, like went out and you know those things that, uh, how do I explain this? It's like you throw a pitch, but it's in a curved plastic shape. You can put the ball in there and kind of whip it and throw it. Oh, it's like a high line. Yeah, it's kind of like that. I was, like, hoping for, like, some cool gift or some chocolate, and my dad, like, clearly went to 7-Eleven and got me that and just gave it to me. And he was like, here, uh, this will help with your pitching. And I was, like, six uh, years old. And I was like, depressing. So now we're just doing depressing yeah, birthday stories? Yeah, we're just doing depressing stories, yeah. Easily the most depressing. Oh, well, it's Easter Sunday, so this works out. Yeah. Uh, easily the most de- depressing birthday I ever had. I was probably uh, – it was, it was before the cake birthday, but I was definitely still in high school, probably, like, 15 or 16 – um, my birthday fell on Passover during Passover on Easter Sunday. So all my friends were obviously busy. Even my Jewish friends were busy doing Passover stuff. So that birthday, uh, I spent with my dad and my dog and we just watched, uh, the final round of the masters and it wasn't even a good masters. It was like the shitty masters that Mike Weir won or something. Yikes. So it was, uh, that was a that was a dark birthday. When is no your birthday, one, by the way? April eleventh. It's coming up. It's a Wednesday. Oh, oh. Uh, and this has been depressing with Ryan Gregg. Sure has been. Uh, I think that's it. All we got for today. Baseball's back. The Mets we'll do we'll do, uh, we'll do baseball for Patreon. We so will. If you wanna if you wanna hear the rest of our baseball takes after <laughs> three to four games, um, we'll do you should become day. a subscriber and you can hear them. And also, uh, you'll be hearing our baseball takes all fucking summer. So also, fun announcement. Uh, We've, we've talked to Nick. We have the final design for the shirt. Well, second, second to last, but we're pretty close. We're, 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 at the, we're at the 10. We're in the red zone. Yep. First and goal. So if I, as soon as I get the design finalized this week, I will be placing the order for t-shirts and shipping them to every person who is a Patreon subscriber. And that's not a 
This isn't something where you have to be a Patreon subscriber by X. If at any time you feel like becoming a $10 Patreon subscriber, you will get this shirt. Eventually, the shirts will run out. Yes, but then the good <laughs> news is we will have more shirts. We will make more. Yes, so you, you will get, if you're a $10, you're, you're owed a shirt once every six months. And if you, and you're like, hey, right, Greg, that's too much money. $10, what do you want $5 for? All you have to do is pay us a dollar a month and you get access to our Discord, hang out with everyone in there, chat about the Rangers, complain about the offseason, and support a good little podcast like us. Right. Uh, shouldn't have told you that. Don't listen to me. But again, Make you will have to part. keep... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just bleep that whole thing out. Yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is just give us give us money. Give yeah. us money. Oh, we're gonna, I think definitely I think we're something crazy. Like, we're something like seven minutes, seven, seven minutes, seven dollars away from our uh, 420 goal. Definitely cutting the part where you say give us money. Um, that's not good salesmanship. Okay. Well, <laughs> we're seven dollars away from our 420 goal. That's the real uh, point. We're, guys, we're really close to having yes. the highest episode ever of Blizzard's Break. I might have to come to the city to make that one happen. That one ha- might have to be like an in-person podcast. Uh, I would. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we'll have to figure it out. Well, in-person as in I'll bring all my stuff to a I, friend's I house? I would like to have it in the same room as you one day. That would be fun. That would be interesting. Maybe I'll figure it out for our Montreal trip. Oh, dear. Oh, boy. I mean, there might not be podcasts after the Montreal trip. There might not be. Rest in peace, us. Okay. We're out of <sighs> here. Love y'all. See you next week. Bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.